You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, Sid Talk, to After the Show. No, welcome to you. No, welcome to you. No, welcome to you. <laughs> no, welcome to you. <laughs> <laughs> this up. is going to be shut nine, up. 90 minutes. Shut up. Shut up. 90 minutes of us saying welcome to you back and forth. I'm scooting you closer because I don't like reaching over. There we go. <laughs> Everyone likes to know the details of um, the setup. We just found a game, a video game. This, this is, is before, before the after the, the show, show discussion. discussion. Oh. Um, jinx. What? I don't know. I don't even know what that means anymore. Jinx. I never knew what, what happened. What happens after that? <laughs> I don't know. You just so to punch somebody in the arm or something? I've never. I don't even know. Is it, it must be American. I don't know it. Really? When you say the exact same thing at the same time, mm-hmm. and somebody says "jinx" or something, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore. What did it. you do? What was it? <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we found a game. Remember the thing about me not paying that close attention to stuff? That's one of those things. We found a video game that I have never heard of, which is very weird because I have heard of all video games. That is a fact. What was it? What was it called? This video game, Armacrog. Yeah. Uh, how we came about this, the thought process was: we're talking about Napoleon Dynamite. I wanted to know what John Hedder had done since Napoleon Dynamite. We looked him up on IMDb, and then we found in 2015 he's in a game called Armacrog. It's available on Steam, and it's out now. And it's uh, unusual looking because it's a uh, stop motion claymation animation. The whole game. Um, I can't tell you if it's good or bad. It looks kind of mixed from the reviews. It's $25, but I've just put it on my wish list for when it goes down in price to pick it up. Because Steam sales, they do a lot of 90% off. So, you know, when it comes to that point, that's time to pick something like that up. Or pick it up now for 25 bucks if you want to. But Armour Krog. So, Sitar, what's your before the after the show discussion? Well, that was it. I was... Discussing that with you. Okay. Was there anything? And jinxing me as well. Were we talking about anything else? No. Yeah, possibly. We're talking about uh, John Gulliger. Mm hmm. Because I'm re watching Project Greenlight at the moment, all of the seasons. We're re watching the fourth season on HBO, which is restarted. Project Greenlight is a movie making show, reality show, where somebody wins a contest and then gets to direct a movie. There's a new season on um, HBO. There was previous seasons, like 15 years ago, and uh, you know, a long time ago, and I had the DVDs, so I brought them out to watch them all. And I've been really having fun watching it. It's a really great show. I love the process of filmmaking, so seeing people... So you know why I like Project Runway? Because you like... The creative process of making a thing, and I don't... I like the creative thing. I'm not a fashion person, but the whole process of... It fascinates me watching people... Project Greenlight is an amazing show to me because it fascinates me watching people make movies, but it's doubly fascinating watching people who don't really know what they're doing making movies and the politics around it and how the movie system works and how broken it all seems. Like, it seems very... Like, how do movies even get made with all this, you know, Mm -hmm. infighting and money, not enough money for this? And, you know, how does a big movie like San Andreas happen even, like... It doesn't seem like a well-oiled machine. It seems like a archaic kind of system. Ass-kissing machine? Hmm. 
So uh, lots yeah. of egos, not just the actors, all the way down to the people. Everybody. I don't mean down as in like lower down. I just mean like if you're talking about hierarchy of who you know being at the top of that pyramid, which would be the famous star person, or maybe the director one notch down. And then as you go, you don't know the camera guy and the boom guy and the lady who brings the food and the guy who sweeps up the floor and the lady who finds the locations and all that. And in the show, you find out not only does Mr. Big Shot Star have an ego and gets a little touchy-touchy. Cameraman has shit. an ego. and The location lady gets all stickly whenever somebody else comes up with a suggestion because, I mean, that's her job. And so you find out there's a whole pyramid of ego. Yeah, even... On one of the episodes I just watched, one of the sound boom mic operator guy had an ego. He was like, I've done 50 movies. What has this guy done? Which is fair. I'm not... But still, yeah. it was like a... Don't tell me what That's to a do. problem that has to be solved yeah. that day on the set is dealing with that person's personality problem. A problem with whatever. And then you move on. on. So yeah, to me it's amazing that like uh, Lord of the Rings... Like, that many movies or Star Wars new... Like, if you plot out, we're going to make six movies in the next 20 years. That's a lot of big brick pyramids to get through. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, I think it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, Project Greenlight. It's on HBO at the moment. You can watch all the old shows. They're on, they're on DVD. Um, it's fun. I, I really like it. I know, I'm sure it's kind of um, not fully factual because it is a reality show. But I do like the glimpse behind the scenes. It's like peeking behind the curtain. So, this is Saturday, October the 17th. This is after the show number 397. After the show is our podcast where we review movies. And this week's movie, we are reviewing San Andreas. It's a 2015 movie released on Blu-ray on the 13th of October. So you can pick this up now. It's a PG-13 from our friends at Warner Brothers. And Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of San Andreas. Big Earthquake. It's it's not the GTA movie. Big Earthquake. Who's going to rip California apart? San Andreas. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Big earthquake. Big hero. Little tiny personal drama between three or four people. And millions of people die. And it's Spoilers. Big, it's a big earthquake. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like somebody's invented a new idea about how California could be riddled with this horrible, horrible disaster. It is a new take on it. So is it? I mean, there's no synopsis. Come on. No. So, we have characters and stuff. There's a little tiny personal story intertwined, but... So San Andreas, you know, one of the big summer blockbusters of this year. We've seen trailers for this movie since last summer. Like, they, they've advertised this one heavily, like, with teasers and... Yep. Uh, and we finally watched it today. So, Sid Talk, you can start with your... Uh, what you think of San Andreas. I was all in, you know? I understand in my logical brain that from the instant I'm introduced to our main hero guy that we are now supposed to be like, oh, he is the rock. Not because he's the rock. He's the rock of this little family and he's going to be able to save everybody and there's going to be moments of him, whatever, reaching down at people who are falling off of stuff. He's a true hero. And it sounds flaky and corny. And it is. It's just like every other one of these movies. I cannot deny it. However, there are certain movies that do that thing. There's a little magic dust where I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm in. Like, it looks good. That's number one. I am convinced there's a girl in a car hanging off a cliff and he's in a helicopter. 
no matter, I don't give a shit how real, realistic it is. I'm convinced because my eyes are telling my brain that's what's going on. There's no funny CGI. And so in the first 10 minutes, I'm hooked. Then you start showing me big earthquake stuff that looks like I, well, I can only imagine it's going, it would look like, I don't know because I've never seen it. Also, I'm in. Now the little personal story. Hmm. I am I am hooked because I and I do care about this little family and stuff. However, I can also just all the time be dismissing it because I'm thinking about the bigger picture. But I'm not turned off by any of them. I'm not. I do care by the end. Uh, let's say another spoiler here. It's not really a spoiler, but we haven't gotten into any spoilers. You yet. never know, but you're pretty convinced from the beginning that everybody's gonna be okay. You know, like the main people that you meet. One person's going to have to bite the dust because then you have to be like, oh my God, this is a horrible disaster. So we meet somebody in the very first five minutes who you instantly are like, oh, he seems kind of interesting and dynamic. and Right? And you do care about him. Like, it was a weird thing. Within 30 seconds, you're like, oh, I'm, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. And then you feel a loss and now you want everybody to be saved and they just balance it out in a way that I'm fine with. It's not dark and gritty enough for me. It's gritty in the in, in the way that you do see lots and lots of human bodies, lots of CGI human bodies, and some real human bodies, in the act of being swept away and sucked away and crushed under things and flown over dams. And so I'm convinced of the bigger picture, at least in the scope of the San Andreas Fault area. Now, when he tries to tell everybody, you're going to feel it in the West Coast, in the East Coast, then I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a bigger picture. That's my only letdown of the whole movie, really. You know, if I take off my, my, my brain cap. Is that, right, now I want to see how this affect the whole world. Because we're talking about, you know. Yeah, and, and really how it affects the whole... What they show you, choose to show you, is just some news reports of... Yeah. This is going on somewhere else, this is going on somewhere else. And it's, yeah, it doesn't do that. All so I needed to see focused. was like... One shot of a beach in Hawaii or Japan where the water's disappearing, you know, because that's the idea is across the ocean where you have a big, humongous earthquake, the other side of the ocean is going to be impact. I mean, if it's big enough, you're going to see an impact just like the tsunami in Japan a few years ago. We didn't get to see that, you know, no. so that is my only I think my only real, I mean, again, I have to, I'm taking off the intellectual critic kind of cap because you can't approach a movie like this with that on because you're going to be like, oh, seriously, he flies the helicopter over here and he does that and that building falls and then she's in the building and he saves her and blah, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> a, my eyes rolled a lot. Yep, yep. Um, cause there's like, but they didn't roll there's so like much. a whole city and there's a helicopter coming and there's his wife. Like, he knew where she was going to be. Yeah, but, but like, it's, there's a lot of convenient stuff in this movie, which happens in movies. Well, it wasn't convenient. That was set up. He knew where she was, and he knew where he was going. So that one I didn't have a problem with. She was Finding the, the girl in the building, that's yep. a different thing. They yep. did not know where she was, and yet, there she is. So, that was one of those where I go, ah, da, 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 da. I'm putting my fingers in my ears, la 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 la, I don't care. <laughs> I can accept it. I don't know if helicopters have an auto hover button I don't, I don't know if that's actually true I'm looking it up but I do remember him rescuing her, his wife uh, and thinking who's flying that bloody helicopter I know he pressed the button that said auto hover but 
Does it really, like, under this duress, stay in that position? Like, Here's a question on the internet. Do rescue helicopters have a hover button, as if seen in San Andreas? Yeah, it was... It was uh, they probably, did they? I'm looking. And we're looking at a very... And it says, the H-65 I flew had two hover augmentation systems. One simply held the altitude, while the other attempted to hold altitude and position. Both were subject to limitations that meant you couldn't just let go of the controls. Right. And the rock does let go of the controls, actually leaves the seat and goes out into the back of the helicopter and stays in the back of the helicopter for a few minutes. Maybe while that he's one was the G66 or H66. I'm saying, I'm saying it's movie magic more so because uh, the rock needed to rescue and he couldn't stay in the seat. And there was nobody with him. Why, why couldn't he have had a buddy? Oh, it was just more like he was on his own rescuing his family, right? Yeah. Also, an I could have had a buddy who then later died. That yeah, would have been one of those other traumatic. dudes, like his, his dudes. <laughs> as you, we're rewriting. As the you movie. amateur Star Trek people call them, the red shirts, whatever the fuck that means. But I'm just saying, you get one of them going, disposable person. So yeah, there's tons of eye rolling moments. There's tons of oh my god, Hollywood, Hollywood script moments where you're like, oh, this is very. But does it bother you? Ultimately, um, ultimately, this movie's the star of this movie for me is the special effects. Which are really good. Like, I mean, there's lots of like. The stunts are good. Sometimes in these type of movies, they don't linger on because it costs a lot to do special effects. So they go, look at the buildings. Oh, now go back to the people. But in this movie, they actually go, look at the buildings and stay on the buildings for about a minute. When I, when I was like, wow, the other movies don't do that. They just. Other movies as in, let's say 2012. Yeah. Oh, 2012 does do a lot of, like, here's a load of stuff, but it looks crappy. No, but it takes about five to ten seconds, and then you're off it. This, like, glory, it it just looks at it. It goes, oh, okay, here's buildings falling over. Extended scene of buildings falling over. Because they show you the entire city of San Francisco before. Yep. And then they they make sure to show you before, don't they? Yeah. There's a lot of, oh, look at this building. It's awesome, isn't it? Look at this building, and think of later, this building will be even more awesome when it's yeah. half fell down. So, there's a lot of... I was impressed by the special effects. At the end, uh, when they're in the boat, I thought that looked very green screeny. Yeah. But then I kept thinking to myself, like, look what we're looking at. We're looking at a boat driving through the streets of San Francisco with everything falling apart. Of course none of that's real. But it just looked a little bit like when it was looking at the actors. There were two shots that were like, uh, Yeah, I was like, yeah. uh yeah. And there's this fake lens flare. Often when I see a fake lens flare, I think, oh, that's not real. It doesn't seem real because, you know. But I'm sorry. Have you changed over to the camp of hating the lens flare? No, it's just uh, it sometimes is a telltale of, uh, ooh, there's a very, very, very digital shot, you know. But as far as most of the shots, including that dam getting... Mm-hmm. Earthquaked, and uh, the scene at the beginning, which wasn't really with the girl in the car, mm-hmm. you know, which I didn't even expect because that wasn't in any of the trailers or anything, was it? And in fact, yeah, it was. It was her lift, her raising I, up, and I was thinking down. it was just part of the earthquake. I wasn't thinking it was pre-earthquake, you know. Mm. But um, the trailer did a good job, actually. That trailer does show you a lot of stuff, but I don't feel when I was watching the film that that trailer ruined the movie for me. How could you ruin that movie? What I mean, you, what did I, you think I mean, there was a lot of surprises. It wasn't. I, I, it's pretty. It was surprising. Just fill me. There's in. just a lot of scenes where I didn't expect, like the scene where uh, the, loot, in the story. where the people are looting, and you know, I didn't expect any of those t- type of scenes. I expected more. 
And the movie's not... The, the story's not surprising. No. It's very straightforward. In fact, too straightforward sometimes. There's There was a thing... I'm not going to spoil this, but there's a thing <laughs> at the end yep. where I thought, oh, they're going to get have some balls and do that. Yep, yep. But then, they, you know, it's just Hollywood magic. Like, they just, you know... I was a bit disappointed in that. I wanted some more darkness in this movie. Yep, yep. And there is a lot of darkness, don't get me wrong. I said to you... I, I, I kind of put it on myself because at the beginning I was like, oh, well, somebody in the background there just got squished by a big rock. Yep. So I'm like, ne- the next scene, I'm like, I'm not concentrating on our heroes because they'll be all right. Let me look in the background. <laughs> I'm looking in the background and seeing people get squished yeah. all over the place. I was like, wow, other movies shy away from that. They'll just show you, oh, did they, didn't they? But like people are literally getting squashed by a car or like just some debris falling and making their head bloody and stuff. It's... Quite graphic, even though it's only a PG-13. It's. Mm, I think you might be filling in some gaps. I didn't see lots of blood. I saw lots of people disappearing under. I things. don't mean like like squashed pumpkin right, heads. I mean, I mean, you might see some with a little blood dribbling yeah. down his eye, but you don't see like. If you look in the background, you'll see squishing. Or anything. You'll see stuff going down in the background. But you don't see any done. gore. Don't mislead people. It's like you see a person, and the next thing you see is a big cement slab on the ground, and you know that person is now under that cement. And they slab. definitely kill people. It's yes. not like, oh, everybody miraculously got away from it. No. It's not, it's not like that. Um, but the special effects for me are the star of the show. They're really good, like I say, aside from the few weird moments. <laughs> but in general, and there's lots of them, like it doesn't really let up. It's like a really, f- it, it goes this movie. Like it gets to the earthquake really quick, I thought. It doesn't. Mm, I don't know about that. I think it took its time, actually. I it was, was like glad about 15 that. minutes. Um, Is that important? No, it's not important. Impact did but not I make it until the end. I thought that it felt like it had a really good pace to it. Like it's really some movies, like 2012, for instance. There's this big lull in that movie where it just doesn't need. Like it's an action movie. That's what it is. It does this thing where they're messing with the arc, and it's just it just feels like it sits there for ages with nothing mm, I'm happening. Not sure about that, but have you seen that movie multiple times? More times than you, Rob. There's like so much action, and then there's this big part where it's like this human drama bit. But I don't think and it's just an action movie. That's why I'm disagreeing with you. I think you can have a movie that's not just. I'm not saying I like. No, it I see fun. this as just an action movie because the acting, not the acting, the the story is so thin. Yeah, but I disagree with you. I think that they made intentionally tried to write a story about a family that's a problem that they're dealing with. So that is the story. Yeah, I and know. in the background we see the action. So I think that the action is what you're selling the movie on, but you do have a story in there, like people. Yeah, so I still, I don't think I still it's, 100% If you just count. want action, then just don't even focus on anybody ever. Have no dialogue and just be. Yeah, like, well, I still didn't 100% care about this family at the end. Like it was like they were just peripheral, like uh, to take us through the story of the uh, the earthquake happening. To me, they they weren't very. I didn't. I like um, Dwayne Johnson, but I don't know. But you didn't want him to die. Well, no, because your hero is your hero. I know. I mean, you. I mean, I mean, superficially. I mean, you were watching this character. You don't want him to get squished or die. You don't want her to die after she's jumped off a building and dealt with all this stuff. You don't want the daughter to die because she's actually quite clever and she knows what she's doing. And the boys that she comes across, they're fine. I don't want them to be disposable either, so I kind of do. It's want so cliche, to get though, isn't it? Things. All of that, like, 
all disaster movies have that, don't they? They meet a couple of people, they do that. Name know, two disaster movies that are not the cliche. day after. T- no, there there isn't. Only the one that you're talking about, the one that we've watched that you've seen that is like you don't even know why the world's ending. The um, the last night seeking on Earth. a friend. No, the last night on Earth. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like the world's ending tomorrow. It's a matter of. But there's fact. no explanation. No, I think there is an explanation. I think the sun is going to go out. Hmm. It's something. It's it's like some planetary thing, but it's not fully explained. It's just like that's what's going to happen. What are people going to do? And then we're yeah. Out. yeah. So yeah, that is a really grim... it's a disaster movie of a disaster happening where you will never see it. Yeah, because it's a low budget. Yeah, and I'm... seeking a friend for the end of the world is also, I guess, not terribly cliche. Yeah, because that was it took a totally different approach to that kind of movie. These kind of ones, you know, the big, they're very they. I don't know even if it's possible to like have a really like intelligent of course it is. thing running through it. Yeah, but nobody why does nobody ever do that? Because it's lowest common denominator crowd pleaser popcorn movie, maybe. Maybe that's just what they're aiming for, like. You know? Mm. Because it's very distinctive. It's very cookie cutter of that's how it feels to me. Any of these. And it's it's not a, a knock on them. It's just how they're made. And I, but I like how they come off. You know, I'm not. I like action. I like watching the world fall apart. I, I think it, most of us do. <laughs> no, not everybody. <laughs> not well, everybody likes it. Some people it freaks them out. Yeah, I guess. But for me, I do. I want to see like what I want to see us. How we react to it, people. I want to see. Um, I just want to see. You know. Oh, it's out of the blue as well. We don't know it's coming. Like in this one. We don't know, right. like, like <laughs> the scientists are like, oh, they're telling people there could be another thing, there could be another Only thing. Only one scientist and nobody's listening, so it's not yeah. like a thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's just out of the blue. Like, it's not like, oh, in 25 days we, we might have an earthquake, everybody get ready. Nobody's getting ready and it's just going to go down. So, um, yeah, special effects, amazing. I I could watch some of those scenes again, they're so good. Like, it, it's... Um, I don't know. It's just amazing what we can do now. I said to you the other day, uh, movies now. I don't know if you, um, that could be a mistake. I have a I've done zero movies. I'm not responsible for any of these special effects. So it's not we. Maybe it's you. But it's not we. <laughs> yeah, right. You so mean they. What the professional people can do. Humans. How far we've come <laughs> in filmmaking. Uh, I said to you the other day that we could probably do anything on film now. Like got to the point where any. If, if you can think of an idea, it, it could be realised. There's nothing out of the... Like, there was, back even back in the 80s, we, were, we weren't advanced enough to go, we have to make this... We have to do this movie and it be convincing in the 80s. We couldn't have done it. It's impossible. Well, I think that people would be convinced, though, because, I mean, the movie about going to the moon from, like, 1919 or whatever it was, 1912, people were convinced... Some people were convinced that what they were watching was the surface of the moon. Now, while we think that sounds silly, some of those first people also watching that train, if you know one of the very first movies by the Lumiere brothers. Thought it was brother, going to smash into them. The train coming forward. Yeah, they leaned in their chairs and stuff. So I don't think we're that hard to convince in the moment, as long as it's something we've never seen before and we're not, like, overthinking it. I think that you can convince anybody of anything. And I, if you look back, there's loads of disaster movies. You, one of yours is Towering Inferno. There's one... Is, are you talking about the one from the 70s? Yeah. Right. I'm convinced that building's yeah, burning totally. down. Yeah, totally. That's why it's a good movie. Also, not great. I mean, it's not great. 
the special effects and stuff are not always that great. But I'm convinced when I'm watching it in 1970, whatever, oh my god, that building's burning down. Poseidon Adventure from the original. Again, hard sell now. But back then, people would have been like, holy crap, can you believe what they can do to make it look like this whole ship's turning over, you know? But these are like the, uh, this movie is like the perfect summer popcorn type movie for me. Um, you know, it's like, you're going to get what, what it says on the tin. You're going to get that. And you're going to get it probably better than you think it is. Like, oh, oh you know, it's 2000, like 2012, for instance, that movie. The trailer bigged it all up. And when you actually watched it, it wasn't quite what they promised. Or the core. And the core, especially the core. I yeah. remember being so excited to see the core from the trailer. And then seeing the core and going, really? Is that all it is? Is that, is that all you're going to... The it's disaster. not actually that exciting, like, what you're showing us. It's, it's... The disasters were like a tiny little bit of it, and then the whole rest of it was yeah. in the middle. In the middle of the Earth, which was kind of boring. It was just boring-looking fake... Interpersonal trauma. Yeah. Drama. Whatever. So this is the perfect summer movie for me. I love seeing all stuff get blown up. I love seeing... You know, I think The Rock... Well, we'll go on to the cast. Let's do it now. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. Not The Rock. He's not The Rock. Exactly. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Dwayne Johnson plays uh, Ray. But he's solid. Solid like a rock. I think he's a... You know, I don't like wrestling at all. So I was never a fan of the wrestler, The Rock. Um... But there's something about him. There's like a personality that is just, it just really fits on the screen. Like, I don't know about him doing like a serious movie. Maybe he can or whatever, but Fast and the Furious, this, what other things have we seen? I mean, seen? he had a couple of times in this movie where he had to like kind of yeah. you know, deflate it's a little bit. No, major, but I mean, like... I'd give credit where credit is due that he has to do something that isn't just reaching down to save somebody or saying like, I've got to go to work now, ma'am. You know, stuff like that, where he has to actually take a two minutes of his time to say lines with some kind of emotion that isn't just heated or being the tough guy. And so I thought it was fine. Absolutely fine. I always look forward now. In the beginning, I never did. When he first was in Doom, was it? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. But he was fine in that because that role was exactly right. Yeah, right. he was just a marine. Pain and gain, marine. I think, is his most. Yeah, that's a good. The one. most different character that he's been able to make, you know, being in like the whole time. He mm -hmm. was never Mister Tough Guy, really, in that one. So I think he's fine. No, I I think he's actually really the his personality really shines through all the time on any character he does. Yeah, they're all very similar. The characters in these kind of movies that he does. Even I the think guy. if you put him across from somebody. Like, uh, actor of a different type. Yeah, not Vin Diesel. Or Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. You know, somebody that's, like, not necessarily better. I just mean different. Somebody who's, like, not in that world. Like Gary Oldman. I'm even thinking, like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, who is, a, he's complete, he can disappear in the person that he is. Like, we've seen enough of him to know that he actually completely disappears and that to me he does anyway and to be across from somebody doing that might be like a like a you know change your I expect we'll approach. get to the point where Dwayne Johnson does his serious movie roles maybe yeah you know he might get into it and get into the craft of somebody's gonna watch one of his movies and say you know what I want that guy because of the whole look and everything and I need a guy who can be more thoughtful than that yeah I mean we did have 
the wrestler with what's his Mickey face? Rock. Right. Who you, you know, he's been intense in the past, but that was like even different to me than anything else he's ever done. So I'm not discrediting what he's done before, but in the past he was always kind of like the moody, broody. In this one, in that he was like something completely different. Not that I'm comparing them, but you never know what you're going to get from somebody. Carla Guigino. 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 No, Guigino. Guigino. There's only one syllable there. Plays Emma, who was his ex-wife. Um, you've seen her before. We know her from uh, Robert Rodriguez, yeah. Um, Sin City. But I know her from, uh, you know, Son-in-Law. <laughs> from like 1985 right, yeah. or something. Um, I don't know why. I've always remembered What did you think that. of her here? I think she's fine. I mean, the character isn't much to brag about, except that she's tough. Like, she, she goes, but... I understand the dynamic of the relationship and that he is, I'm not trying to be funny, but he's the rock in the yep. relationship and she relies on him to be Mr. I will do anything to protect you, save you. And you know what? A lot of times I would be dismissive of that kind of thing instantly. I'd be like, oh my God, is she useless? But I understand just in the little tiny bits we know about their family that that could definitely be what has attracted her to him and what kept them together. And then they have their own personal tragedy. But as, you know, some women, not me, some women, they need that person. I mean, he does everything, doesn't he? He flew a helicopter. He flew a plane. He drove a boat. He can lift anything. He's, you feel like... He'll rescue he anybody. Can, he will rescue you and you can, com <laughs> she completely trusts him. If he says he's going to be at the top of that building to pick her up when it's collapsing, he'll be there. So her lack of ingenuity and everything, I'm I'm fine with that. In the end, ultimately, it is her trying, you know, she does one thing that kind of, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Because her daughter, who we're getting to, I'm sure. He does get, she does get to say uh, the one F word in the movie. And yes. It's a pretty good one. And that's what I'm saying. Anything to do with that, she's right on it. And then the scene when they're talking about their daughter, I'm, mm. I think she's fine. I mean, I like her. And so... Now, the daughter, who's Alexander Daddio, Daddario, Daddario, that's what it is. She plays Blake. Now... I liked her. Yeah, but I never bought... As soon as, the, as, soon as he said, oh, she's at college now, right. and then I saw the actress, I, I just had that... She's yeah, but you have, a, you have a British thing, though. College people in our country yeah, are in their 20s. Yeah, but you're not 20s. 30 in college. She doesn't look 30. But she is. But you don't know that until you look. Yeah, it but up I afterwards. seen her in I seen her in True Detective. She wasn't thirty she, in True Detective. She didn't she look was like, like in her a early twenties. You're not a teenager in college. How many times do I have to tell you? You can go to college in America until you're twenty five. Right. So you have to get over that shit. College isn't sixteen year olds anymore. Or in this country, it's like eighteen to twenty two, twenty five. And she looked. But you didn't know that. Fuck. I'm saying the actress. You didn't know is she 30. was thirty, and she doesn't look thirty. And she looks totally like a college student. Like, 100% like a college student will be walking down the campus. 100%. I don't know what's in your mind. You got poisoned Seems by this, like... She's not... Oh, my God. Whatever. You're wrong, but whatever. So that really affected me with, with her. Because I was always like... Phew. Yeah, being wrong about how old she is. Daughter, my ass. How could she not be his daughter? I don't mean daughter. I mean, like... Her age is wrong. Yeah, but you knowing the actress's age doesn't mean that it looks wrong. She looks 100% I would have cast a younger girl, like... 
Um, Person. Whatever. You're going to get hung up on knowing her age, which you didn't know until you looked her up afterwards. Well, I did, I did, I did immediately know there's no way she is younger. I mean, you, like you say, college students are 25, so... No, college students can be anywhere from 18. Right, so it's if 25 is the high end for a college student, uh, she's five years no, older. No, but she's just started college, or she's just, in That's college. what he said, just started college. That's That was the thing. I was like... Yeah, but you're still thinking about a 16-year-old person, and you're wrong. 18, I'm thinking. No, you always say college is like 16 years old. You no, I'm school. thinking 18 for, for right, American she totally looks students. like she could be 18 years old, or 19. I disagree. Well, you're wrong. So that, and I think she did a good job, and I like the character. She did a good job of the action parts, I thought. All of it, really, because we understood now the dad is a rescue guy, totally in, totally into his job, and has taught her in her life about all kinds of stuff. And you would. I mean, I don't discount that. I'm not sure if she would know all the things that she ends up knowing, but... Yeah, well, I don't know. If you brought up with a rescue dad, he's going to tell you stuff, isn't he? He's always going yeah, to say, you, you need if, to know this. If your dad takes you to the fire station where he works and he starts telling you that in every fire truck we have like this box of, of supplies, well, she's going to possibly remember that. And if you know? he was going up to see her so they could go camping. So he's True. he's been like a mentor and like she's right. probably... And again, crushing. you can go, oh yeah, whatever, how lucky. But there are people in this world who in the middle of a disaster know stuff that you and I don't know. Right. And would I would want to be with them because they know more about all that stuff than I do, and I totally bought it. So I liked that she was the strong one over here on this side, and he was the strong one over there. So we didn't just have men to the rescue. That was the idea, I believe. Yeah. Um, Paul Giamatti plays Lawrence. He's the um, underused scientist. Underused as a scientist. I don't know. I don't care about the actor part. I like him, but. To convince me of the whole of it all the way through, he's only kind of utilized in the beginning, and then we drop off. It's very, like, we need this guy to telegraph that stuff as in a script. That's how it felt to me. Like, we need the guy. Well, we did, actually. Who tells you. We need to understand. How, instead of just showing you a news clip or whatever. Like, this whole predictive thing, it just seemed kind of weird, because they predicted within, like, <laughs> two seconds ahead of time, and then the other one was like... <gasps> It's, it's going to happen. It's going to like it's going to happen. Oh, now it's happening. Two, yeah, literally. And people two, go, like, that's oh, the worst prediction. We want to thank the professor for saving so many lives. And you're like, he did. It was like he was on the dam. He was stood on top of the dam. They had the re- they had the readers out. His friend wasn't prepared, obviously, because he's in a thing. And then he goes, oh shit, it's coming. Yeah, that's not. It's good. like standing on my porch and going, oh, there's a tornado. Yeah, and thinking that's a warning sign. Yeah. Like that's you've not got three it. seconds to survive. So I had a little bit of problem with the science side of this. Not. Not that an earthquake couldn't be massive. They did anything, try a little bit to kind of have this science But he science kind of dramatized... Dramati- I thought he was overly dramatic, whereas Dwayne Johnson was pretty even-keeled, so... Yeah. Um, she wasn't in it very much, but I got her down on the list. Kylie Minogue plays <laughs> Susan Riddick. Uh, she was out pretty quick, yeah, she so was, to speak. Yeah. So Kylie Minogue <laughs> drops in here. Um, and for Mr. Fantastic. Hugo as the yeah, weaselly Mr. Fantastic, fucker. who I called actually Mr. Pussy. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! You know I don't like that phrase because mm-hmm. that implies that women are weak. All right, Mr. So get over it, Mr. Weasel. How about Mr. Weak? Yeah, You're just a weak ass. It wasn't fantastic. No. Um, Hugo Johnson Burt plays Ben, and Art Parkinson plays Ollie. They're the two British um, friends in this movie. Well, she meets them in the lobby. Meets them. So, yeah, they they kind of become part of the team. And, uh, you know, there's a romantic interest between... Uh, I can see how, when you're talking about... We were talking about the Project, Run, Project Greenlight. And 
Jason Bourne saying, <laughs> Matt Damon saying, I don't want to make the horror movie, which was Feast, and that was like the third season. Yeah. Because I'm not in this to make money. We're in this to make a good film, mm-hmm. and that's not the kind of movie I want to make. And I can see that this is one of those movies that is not constructed from somebody sitting in a, you know, at their computer and really hammering out this like complex, interesting story that they want to build up this and that, whatever, you know, like from that end. It's a story that's made in a boardroom. Basic. That is, well, no, it's built in a boardroom. Okay. what What's the formula? What do we need? Well, definitely father-daughter is a strong thing. we got to have the father saving the kid. We gotta, like, Okay, let's add that in there. And then we've got to have what? Well, there's a bit of family conflict. Are they in the middle of a divorce? Everybody nods their head. Yeah, sure, sure. How do we make drama over here? We can't have the daughter on her own. So what do we have? We need to have somebody who cares about her and she wants to protect them and we need to show off all of her skills, blah, blah, blah. That's not really sitting down and hammering out, like, to me, that's building a story by like i don't know that's why it feels formula like it does, yeah, yeah formula yeah it feels very formula middle beginning middle but then end. every every movie does when you break it down almost uh, so you know it's there are some that knock don't. it <clears throat> yeah what's a movie that doesn't feel formulaic you know uh, in some more, way more art housey or independent type like stuff. what though? i'm thinking irreversible doesn't seem to formulate very much because it's actually turned on its head well completely. it would if you flip it around yeah momentum. but it's not that is it you know or this there are things that are abstract or not following this kind of napoleon dynamite as we've discussed still follows a didn't really uh not really rise Think about of it. a like he like he becomes he didn't rise to anything well he became like a after, Do you sp- actually think, after he did his dance, that any of the jockey people gave a shit Not the about jockey it? people, but... So then, no. He enlightened some other people. <laughs> yeah, but that's still... <laughs> there's still a... There's still a... Oh, my God. Still a it's thing. not Revenge of there's the Nerves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these two British guys, they were all right. Kind of irritating to me a little bit. Um, the old... The, not the kid, the other one. Like, was he called? Ben? It's just very... It's very... Um, romanticized British, you know, mm-hmm. handsome. So if the kid was just wandering around on his own and she came across him to save him, that would have been I think that better. would have been better somehow. Because like, he's a clever kid. Yeah, he was a fun kid and he knew, you know, he was useful in the situation. Whereas he's just like the handsome prince, but then they turn it on the head. Cause... But is that like balancing out the semi-useless mother? We have... We have Dwayne yeah. Johnson and Carla over here. He's the strong one. She's just being saved all the time. And over here, we have to have a balance. It's exactly that. Yeah. So when you say somebody crafted, though, you know, yeah. sat and they went, hey, there's this pair and this is how they work. We need a pair over here that work the opposite. Right, but they make the rich asshole guy an asshole and weak because he doesn't save the girl. But then Ben doesn't save her either, but mm. we turn it, we're supposed to like him. That's what I mean. He wanted to save her, So I he guess. was a bit irritating to me. Like I He just, saved her once. Yeah. He wanted to save her again. And, and then, then the building collapsed. <laughs> so this is directed by Brad Payton, who I'd never actually heard of before. He, re- he uh, did Cats and Dogs 2, Revenge of Kitty Galore. <laughs> and he also did, do you remember Journey to the Center of the Earth, the first one? He did the sequel to that called Journey to the Mysterious Island. No. Those I mean, are, I remember you remember that, though, with Brendan Fraser. But then when they made a sequel, Brendan Fraser wasn't in it. Right. So he did those. So I don't know those movies. 
But he did a good job at doing big action. And those, I, I don't think, are big action. I think they're just medium, you know, medium kind of... But uh, he does a good job of directing action. But the, like I say, the core of the movie, the... the and you know he's in the middle of the action. He's not... Yeah. It doesn't seem like... I mean, there's probably a second unit director somewhere, but... He yeah, seemed like he was right there. He's in a wetsuit. He's in the pool. <laughs> yeah. he's, you know, I did admire that a bit. Um, but as far as the core of the story and everything, yeah, he not told, the he, core. He told the story, <laughs> but the special effects, like I say, are the thing that impressed me in this movie. It's not like, oh, I really love the interplay between Dwayne Johnson and you know, it's, it was not that. No, it was more that. It's more that. Oh my God, look at the dam falling over. You know. So, the direction, I don't know. He did that well. The action was directed very well. That scene where it's a one-cut thing, Mm one-shot thing... That was good. I didn't expect to see that kind of thing in this kind of movie. I didn't know it was one-shot until they said it. Well, I I, I was like... It it was quite clear something... You know, it was... It was like a dance, almost. It felt like a dance. I didn't feel that. She opened the door, you see the people, and the camera still comes with them. felt like it it was like a one-shot... What did they say it was? Five minutes? Five minutes. It's kind of cool. That's a direction choice to do that. You don't you don't see that kind of shot in this kind of movie ever, really. It's you know it's a CG movie, generally. Um, so as far as direction go, I think he did an all right job. I mean, it's not like you know the best thing ever, but and I, I don't know. I still don't know to this day how much direction. Like, if you're a director on this kind of movie. The CG and all that's added after the fact, right? You're nothing to do with directing that, are you? That that I don't is know. Some, done. Might, some might be. I mean, you're not doing any of that. You're not doing it, but you might still be over their shoulder doing it. I mean, telling people what to do. Right. So, but as far as I mean, it, it did. A, it was cohesive. It never like I was never like, what's going on now? I don't get what's that, the. Be pretty hard to mess with your head on this kind of movie. Yeah. We start off with no earthquake, and then earthquakes happen. And people have to be saved. True. <laughs> That's it. There's no like flashbacks or flash forwards or anything like that. So as far as special features on the Blu-ray, what we're looking at here, there's San Andreas, the real fault line. Um, I was excited to watch that because I thought it was about like real science and showing you that this, you know, explaining how this could happen. But really, no, it was more of a, here's the special effects. Yeah. Like it was kind of like a, just a normal... This, there's a one called Dwayne Johnson to the rescue. It's just really focusing on him and his role in the movie. There's one called Scoring the Quake, which is about the music in the movie. There's a commentary by the director, Brad Payton. And there's deleted scenes, a gag reel, and a stunt reel. The deleted scenes don't add to anything at all, really, do they? They don't. Nah. It's obvious why they were cut out, and it's they're not. they wouldn't have added anything. The gag reel is a lot of giggling. It's not actually much to it. And the stunt reel is like a showcase of the people who did the stunts for this movie. The only movie I've ever remember seeing the extras for, where people weren't, like, laughing it up behind the scenes, was Trust. And David Schwimmer was the director of that, and he yeah. was very serious, because it's a very serious subject. You didn't see giggling. Mm-mm. You didn't see the people... Was it a gag reel? No, there wasn't a gag reel, that's what I'm saying. You didn't... There wasn't... On the set of these movies, where people are dying, and someone's hanging, like... You know, being sucked into... Then the people, like, laughing it up and being like, oh, it's just... You know, we're just making a movie and it's not... We're not seeing the end result. Well, in that movie, that was the only one I could remember where people are not being, like... Yeah. This very not lighthearted. The people were very serious. Do you remember, like... 
He's yeah. Well, it was a very very serious. yeah. But I mean, we've watched extras of movies that are really horrible, and people are still laughing it up when they've got like half their face missing and like, and then you you know. But I just think that's always funny. Yeah, and who in Hollywood or whoever makes home entertainment, Blu-rays, etc., thinks gag reels are just like the best thing ever? Like it's such a riot to watch a gag reel because they never come. Like when you've seen enough of them, why do you watch it every of, time? I just always think maybe this one will surprise me, and there'll be something better about it. Somebody yeah. will take a different approach to New it. Optimists, but uh, <laughs> you know, we watched one last week for Age of Ultron, and it was just. You know, everybody giggling and somebody falling over occasionally. This one wasn't even that interesting. No, there wasn't. No, wasn't really that interesting. So, um, in conclusion, San Andreas, I recommend it if you like a big Hollywood blockbuster summer popcorn movie. It's really fun, way better than 2012, and I was so looking or forward. Or 2012, to it. as we like to say it. <laughs> what did you think of this? Better than 2012. I don't and know why we're comparing that. To I would well, it's a similar. You see a big earthquakey kind of thing happening, you know. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of any others. That, I mean, it's better than Dante's Peak. It's better than Volcano. It's better than loads of those who all try to have this little formula of people you care about, and then they're in danger, and you know, you're right at the cusp of we everybody really- dying. Come any further though, in terms of in these big movies, these big disaster movies, the core story bit. Even going back to Dante's Peak, we haven't really evolved much in that no. way. We've I just, mean, we had we to throw kinda... we had to throw these little tiny stories into actual horrible events like the Titanic yeah. in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, exactly. Pretend we haven't evolved stories. past that, have we? <laughs> no. We've not like, hey, let's tell this like. Very... You know which one does is uh, L.A. Skyline, as it was called. Just Skyline. Skyline. What's the L.A. one? That one's uh, Battle, Battle for L- L.A., yeah. Either one of them, I think, is a different take. You still get a small group of people. A bit more. And yet, it seems more balanced. They try and take a more realistic approach. Like, this is... A little bit. Like, like we're on this, we're, we're with this group of soldiers. And you're They're not serious. informed about anything else really on the other side of what's going no. on. You are actually just with them. And you're not with somebody who's Mr. Wonderful to rescue everybody. You are... Struggling and there's to a get serious tone. We're not making one-liners. Yeah. It's more serious, yeah. In this, you're even... They do have a little bit different take on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I recommend it. It's fun to watch. Shut your brain off. You're not going to get much in the way of a story. Uh, there is a story, but the special effects will wow you. And then definitely. if you worry about the big earthquake, just do some research. And uh, you'll feel better. And the sound is really good. Like, mm-hmm. the, the quake, you know, an earthquake has to have good sound. And yes, you will get... Earthquakey sounds rumbly. In this movie. Unless you watch it on your phone, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, thank you to Warner Brothers. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We've got some new ones coming up this week. Next week's movie review is Tomorrowland from Disney. So, we're going to look at that next week, continuing with the big blockbuster movies. This always happens at this time of year, doesn't it? All the summer blockbuster movies just pour onto Blu ray. I've never noticed, but I'll keep. I'll let you keep track. Yeah, we have Avengers, this uh, San Andreas, Tomorrowland. Uh, we're gonna have Jurassic World the week after that. You know, it's all the all the big summer blockbusters. So, uh, movie recommendations this week. I am going on San Andreas. Uh, we, we just watched. These are mine that are referring to it. Armageddon, my favorite. <laughs> of course. Um, disaster movie. It's funny. It's actually played for laughs, even though it's a disaster movie. I kind of like that vibe to it. 
And my other one is actually a very serious movie, The Tower in Inferno, which um, I watched it when I was a child and I was frightened because it's really claustrophobic and it feels like if you put yourself in it, you feel like you're going to die in it. It doesn't feel hopeful at all. It feels like, holy shit, like, this is it. So does Poseidon Adventure, the yeah. original. Yeah. It feels very like... They did uh, back then, didn't they, yeah, in the yeah. 70s? Airport 72, those kind of movies. They they played it to the very serious... This is a disaster. Nobody's going to save these people. This is a disaster. And a lot of these people are not getting out alive. Yeah. Even though you... Uh, they, they were better at, like, losing people back then. Yeah, because it was very... Like, a dramatic moment was losing people. Nowadays, we don't lose the main characters as often like I said in this one I thought they were going to but then they didn't so um, uh, that's my recommendations for this week mine are off topic of course because we talked about it so much the other day Napoleon Dynamite which I've not seen in a long time gosh but it's (laughs) idiot (laughs) it's a fun it's fun I don't know now if I were to watch it from scratch you know like sit down and watch it on purpose instead of catching five minutes on some movie channel but at the time, it just seemed like, yeah, there's an, a, something different. It wasn't, it was out, it was a little tributary on the river of Hollywood at the time. And so I really, if you have never seen it, watch it. And if you've seen it back in 2004, just watch it again. And then my other one is Return of the Living Dead. Because it's not great, but it's actually quite funny because it's, you know, it's the weird zombie funny movie, and it's got some good moments and like a classic couple of characters that you're like creepy. And then, of course, like you said, Clue. send more brains. And Clue Gulliger's in that movie. I don't know what he is, but he's in it. I think he's the sheriff or something. Yeah, possibly. I'm not I, could, sure. I always see him as a sheriff. I'm not sure. I'm going to watch it again. But uh, Return of the Living Dead. It's right. one of those weird ones that has a animatronic zombie lady yeah, the top half of her laying on a table in the morgue and she's still alive because she's still zombie and her breasts are like out right because she's naked she's a zombie uh, i mean she's been buried for a long time she's come back to life and uh, when you watch it on like usa or tbs or whoever shows it they blur the zombie boobies <laughs> it just like so well hilarious. the brain's hanging out Brains everywhere. It's not that gory, actually, that one. I mean, not really. It's all fakey kind of gore. So, But that just seems so funny to me. Like Almost yeah. like the person was like, oh, yeah, we got to blur those because it's hilarious. But it probably isn't. <laughs> it's probably the actual regulations say you have to do Yeah. Um, yeah, and somebody had to phone somebody probably and say, hold on a minute. We've got this zombie. She's a woman. She's yeah. got her boobs out. What do we She's blur? She's a corpse. Do we blur the gore bit, or do, what? Do we have to blur the? And why would like, we go? Blur, why would we blur gore? Um, we're not. We're not England. No, we like the gore. We In England, like it's the, the opposite way around. The booze would be out, but the cracked skull would probably be blurred. Like it's right. always been different. Um, so yeah, it's weird. So uh, moving on to games and a scully stuff. We've been playing a game this week. Uh, well, I've been playing a you've game. You've been playing. You've been watching a game. It's a PlayStation 4 game called Until Dawn. It's a horror game. Uh, seeing as you have been watching it, you can explain what the uh, Until Dawn is. It, I'm not allowed to explain what it is, except that the story is a bunch of teenagers on a frozen, isolated mountain. Uh, something tragic has happened, and now they're being either stalked or picked off or haunted or something by something or someone. And you are in charge of lots of different choices you can make that might lead to, for example, one tiny little choice that you made. 
a slip. Was jumping over a river. And on one of the little things when the square or the triangle or the circle popped up, you missed one of them. And he slipped in the water for maybe five seconds, gets up and goes on and gets back up to where he's going. You get this little weird flash in the future because that, that little delay was the reason oh, this other person dies. Like a, like a second. Right. Now, yeah. you don't know that she wouldn't have, but they're leading you to believe that that's what caused it. You know what I'm saying? So... Every little thing, not every little thing you do, it gives you choices often. And I'm, I'm assuming the programming then takes you down a tiny little bit different path every single time. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's fun to watch because it is, it's a horror movie with a bunch of teenagers who are obnoxious. And you're in a very, very scary kind of place. Yeah, it's... Huge mansion, kind of resort lodge... Freezing cold outside, no, no electricity. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to get off the mountain unless you fall off the mountain. And is every trope? I mean, I know that they say they're trying to follow horror tropes. I don't see a lot of them really, except you know, one creepy ghost. Kids, and, kids sitting down on a Ouija board. Yeah, but you know what? They don't do it in a way that makes me think of it as a trope. It's not like I'm watching Scream, where they really took the piss out of all the different things. This is more like it's just happening. There's a bit. There's a bit of Saw creeps into it a little bit, I think. You know, kind of inspired by, not exactly that, but... But see, I don't think of that at all. I'm just watching it for what it is. You know what I mean? I don't I don't notice those it's things. It's the first so. time I've really seen a horror movie game. Like, where they're actually going, this is a horror movie. We're going to make a game of a horror movie. Because, I, you know, we've played The Walking Dead and stuff, but they're not really that abby. It's not like... We're going for a full-on movie. This is like watching a movie. Like, it's a long movie. But they've actually come at it like a movie. Like, the camera angles, the mm-hmm. way it's acted. It's, it could be a movie. People are modeled to look like the people who are playing the parts. Yeah, that is one of the things I really like. You recognize the people. Like, it's not like, oh, that's computer guy, number one. Or, it's know. got... I don't recognize them. I recognize one person. Then they sh- we watch an extra, and then you know who they are. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guy. I was like... Because I've watched a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. recently, and as soon as his face, I was like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, like, that's right, not I don't know. recognize Yeah. Him. But, and Mr. Robot And also, guy. sometimes they look really terrible, and other times they look fantastic. Like, some of the body motion capture is, like, amazing. One time, she was getting up off of something, like, you could see her almost in silhouette, and it truly looked like just a person. It's a good-looking game. Totally modeled, exactly right, the movement was right. I mean, but then there are moments when you're like, oh, yeah, this is a video game. Yeah. But it's... It's very, very, like, as as good as I've seen. Like, it makes Telltale... Obviously, Telltale games, uh, they try and look comic bookish. This is going for realism. And it's not always perfect, like you say, but it is very good motion capture. And I do recognize... Like, Peter, the, the Russian guy. You can recognize that guy. It's not like, uh, that kind of looks like... It's, yeah. It's, 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 you know, they've, it looks like him. Yes, it does look kind of clunky sometimes and I don't know what we have to do to get past that uncanny valley thing where it's like you know fully we're not there yet obviously but it is I mean there are times when it looks great it, I think it looks great majority of the time yeah there's nothing where you go oh I wish they'd have done that better because that all the action scenes and the things that happen they all are you know very like you'd see them in a movie yeah the camera angles are right the sound is just right the they paid attention to detail on it. It's the best of this type of game. What I was trying to say the other day, what, what do you call this? Like, choose your own adventure? But it's not really. Because gameplay is minimal, right? I'm not doing a lot. 
I'm walking sometimes, I'm pressing X, and occasionally I have to choose something. It's not like I'm having to... Sh- like There is bits where you have to shoot, but it's you move the cursor and press a button. It's not exactly... It's not a game game. It's not Halo or... But that's how, if you think about, like, um... What's her name? Umbrella Corporation. Same. You're doing a lot of walking, and then when something happens, you have to react, and then well, you, you do, do lots have of walking, puzzle solving, but you're not, like, in a constant state of doing things. You are lots of roaming around, lots of looking for shit, lots of picking up weird stuff. It's and got that vibe comes. sometimes. Yeah. Then, like, something jumps out of the window, and you gotta kill it, and then the music goes away, and they start walking again. So, I think... That's not a new thing. I think it's I think it's a really fun game to play. You know, there should be there should be more puzzles though. I think that even if it's not over, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have any puzzles, does it? Kind of like buried inside of it somehow. That would make it a little more. Well, that would make it maybe more like Saw, but yeah, it's more. Um, this one's more like finding the collectibles, which can be all over the. You know, I've found that you like oh go the Clues. way that go the way. You, it doesn't look like you're supposed to go, and sometimes you'll find something. So there's a lot of looking for things, clues to this whole situation. But then there's a lot of people in the game, and the big hook of the game is you control everybody. Like at, at some point, mm-hmm. it switches to all different people. And your I'm not choices... convinced though that at the end that you wouldn't get a result. You'd find out everything you need to know, even though you didn't ke- you didn't pick up any of those clues or anything along the way. Well, what? Giant Bomb said on their playthrough is they've had a playthrough where everybody lives. They've had a playthrough where everybody's dead. So that tells me that... Right, but the end result, what I'm talking about is to to know what's happened and to know who's it. Right. Who's behind it all. No matter what happens, you're going to find that out. No matter how many clues you find, Mm -hmm. it's all going to be revealed in the end. So to me, who lives is almost irrelevant because, I mean, like you said, you can do it 50 different ways or 50 different times and come out with maybe different configurations. But it really doesn't matter because all you want to know is who's behind it. I'll tell you what is interesting about it. When it starts, like the cabin in the woods, the the trope thing where it's like the cheerleader, the jock, the blah, blah, blah. They're all the different. But they stay that way. I don't and I was like, And I was like, I'm really going to hate all these people. <laughs> Because, yeah, look at him, he's a jerk, they're playing a prank, that's a thing, you know, I don't like any... But then when they get into, like, extreme situations, I don't want them to die, like... Like, uh, maybe some of them, but there's some of them where I'm like, no, I want to keep this one alive. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, for instance. Right. I don't want him, but then he's he's not always, like, somebody you would want to... So that must just be... They didn't go the cabin in the woods route, so Mm. don't, you know, don't be... They tried to act like they did that with them, but that's not really what happens. No. They're all the same all the way through. They're just forced into a different it's just situation. It's when, when, you know, you, your human instinct kicks in as like, yeah, okay, that guy's been a jerk, but shit, he doesn't deserve this to happen. Right. So you're, you, you as a player... Yeah, but like, you never no. liked Emily. You've never liked Emily. So I think you were more willing to sacrifice her. <laughs> did I sacrifice her? <laughs> you, you didn't try too hard not to. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's Until Dawn. It's really fun. It's on the PlayStation 4. It's an exclusive to the PlayStation 4, so you have to have a PlayStation 4. Um, it's really fun. I like it a lot. I, yes. I feel like I'll I'd look wanna... forward to playing some more tonight. Will we finish it tonight? Yeah, probably. And I'd want to go through it again, definitely, to make the other definitely. things happen. Yeah. Um, so the other game I've been playing, or the other game I'm about to play, is Guitar Hero Live. That That is, uh, I'm in the beta, and that's 
I'm going to get that this week, so I'll tell you about that next week. But the other game, and I don't want to say anything about this game aside from its title, it's called The Beginner's Guide. It is on Steam. You just uh, found out about it? I played it this week. Oh. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Nah. Uh, nah. I don't want to say anything about it, but I want to say play The Beginner's Guide. <laughs> It is one of the best experiences I've had with a video game for a long time. It's only 90 minutes long. It's not very long. It's a, it, I'm not going to say anything about it. Just experience <laughs> it for yourself. And more people should, because it is really, really interesting. It's like unlike anything else I've ever played in my life. It's, I say, it's the kind of thing that only indie games can do. Like it's, um, There's no big studio that would take a chance on, the, on this. Yet it really pays off at the end of it, you know? There's no big studio that would say, yeah, we're going to spend a lot of effort to make that. Right. Make until dawn, because that's okay. a thing. So, yeah, The Beginner's Guide. It's on Steam. I highly recommend it. So what's for dinner, Sitsa? Tonight it's going to be a leftover Subway veggie patty. <laughs> so, that sounds good. Feeling <laughs> With some, a can of carrots and we have some soup. That sounds and good. veggie burger. Soup sounds good because I'm... Soup sounds really good. I've got my Thai curry soup, coconut curry, which I love. And you've got your whatever lentil one you want. You've got the choices. But also there's veggie burger. You have a choice of lentils. And people wonder why we talk about what we're having for supper. We've been vegetarians for, I don't know, since 2008. Did we talk about it before we were vegetarians? I don't remember. I don't know if we did this before we were vegetarians. No, probably not. So, uh, and it was just that... We were trying all kinds of weird new things in the beginning. And it was like, what are we eating this week? Like tofu and lentils and shit that you've never had before. <laughs> it's like, we had some tofu this week that was we, good. Oh my God, it was so good. Yeah. When people say, this is what happened in the grocery store. The guy looks at my stuff and he picks it up. Young guy goes, oh, tofu. I've heard that has no flavor at all. That only tastes like whatever you make it taste like. <laughs> That's and what I everybody said, says. And I said, well, think about this. Um... So when you cook a hamburger, what do you do to it? And he's doing this stuff. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, you just, like, cook the hamburger. No salt, no pepper, no ketchup, no bun, nothing. You just eat it? He's like, well, no. I said, why not? I mean, it's hamburger, right? It's, like, full flavor. And yeah. He's like, no, I, I like a lot of stuff on it. I said, how about a steak? You know, he's bringing up stuff as it's steak. People marinate beef. Maybe not to steak. try and make it taste good. Put sauce on it, salt on it. You know, you barbecue it to get the flavor in it. Like... What is the big fucking deal about people saying it's like a knock and I'm trying to compare it and say, if I marinate a piece of chicken to make it taste like jerk chicken, and then I marinate some tofu to make it taste like with the jerk flavors, what is the difference? Because I love the flavor of tofu. It is not flavorless. Anybody who says that has not tried very hard to really taste it. I think it tastes like what it tastes like. It tastes like a bean. Because that's what it is. It's a soybean. It's soybean milk, right? So that's been made into tofu. And it was so good. I'm forgetting what I did to it, but it was really good. Oh, I put ketchup and a little bit of sugar and like barbecue-y flavor, kind of. And then we just had it on a sandwich. It was really good. All right. So uh, before we leave, your advice. My advice. I forget what I said. Oh, yeah. This really annoys me. I don't know if I can turn this into advice. And Should we not- just call this segment things that annoy you? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's not just Facebook though, so I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like it's just Facebook. But Facebook is one of those places where you see people express things, but in life as well. So say you're talking to someone and they give you that you're like, "Hey, how's everything going?" Oh, 
Oh, it's everything's fine. It's fine. Oh, what's the matter? Nothing. Oh, nothing. Everything's fine. It's fine. Okay, you have just opened the fucking door to me feeling sorry for you or thinking, oh, something terrible is going on with her, but she's not giving me the details, so it must be so bad, and I should sit here and be sympathetic and be like, oh, are you okay? And is everything fine? Don't fucking do it. If you're going to air your laundry, tell me the story, right? Because all you want is my sympathy to begin with. All you want is that little nod of my head or for me to walk away and you knowing that now I feel bad for you and I understand something's going on. If you can't fake your way through it and convince me that everything is fine, then don't give me that tone. Like, oh, <sighs> I'm, I'm sure everything will be fine. Okay, what's going on? Well, now tell me the story. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to then support you if it's necessary. But if I have half the story, all I'm going to think is you're a knob. <laughs> a, fr a friend of mine calls those people who post like that on Facebook. Yeah. He, ca he calls them vague bookers. Vague booker. Vague bookers. Because they're so vague with the posts. They say, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then you ask them and they're like, nothing. Never mind. Nothing. Oh, nothing. Just no... Or, I don't want to talk about it. Well, then don't fucking tell the world that you have that half of this story. Or a little hint, because all you want is sympathy. All you want is for somebody to come lick your ass and be like, oh, they're like venting. I'm praying they're for They're venting it. in public. But then when somebody says, okay, I, they're I, I mean... They're not venting anything. Well, I mean, what I mean is they vent something. Like, they say some problem they're having or whatever, vaguely. And then... They put that out there, and then you come along, and you go, well, I, I'm here to help. Uh, what is it? Well, that's and not really my approach. They don't. But, I mean, that's what people... I'll give you are. the example that got me started, is that an aunt of mine posted that people... Something about how people who hurt you or do bad things to you never want to admit that they're the problem, and so you have to learn to walk away, and my something like that. So my comment is... Well, maybe you're the problem with a smiley face. Like, do you ever think that maybe, you know, the, it's funny how everyone always thinks it's the other person who's the problem. Maybe you're the problem in this situation, smiley face. And then she goes, well, I kind of agree with that, but there's always two sides of the coin. And one side of the coin is they're being an ass. And I said, what's the other side of the coin? Smiley face. I'm trying to get to the right. bottom here, like in a nice way. She then sends me a private message. This is something I don't want to discuss. On on the on the internet, so drop it. And I was like, "Fuck off!" Like, don't do that. It like, and I, you know, I'm not like if you don't want to discuss it on the internet, don't ever post it. I'm not a very sympathetic person anyway. I want you to tell me the whole story, and if in the end I end up saying to you, "You know what? This time, it sounds to me like you are at fault. You're the reason this thing is happening." Have you thought about that? How could you address it? How could you change it? I am perfectly willing to accept when I'm the bitch, when I'm the person who's being cold-hearted, when I'm the person who's caused somebody's feelings to be hurt, I hold my hands up 100%. I have no problem with that. And then I move on. Do what's got to be done and get over it. I don't blame everybody. And then I don't hint about it. It just drives me bananas. So maybe Facebook would come to a screeching halt if everybody did that. But like, I'm an open book, I think. Uh, I'm pretty much going to say to you, if you ask me if I'm annoyed, I'm like, oh my God, I am so annoyed right now. I cannot believe that I've told my husband 50 freaking times that I'm going to be leaving on Thursday. And he keeps saying to me, how many, and I'm just like, that's my whole story. That's why I'm annoyed.
and I'll get over it, but you asked, and so I'm telling you. You know, it may not always be you. I'm just using you as an example. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's maybe my hiccup. My own, my own hang-up is I'm all or nothing, you know, and I am perfectly willing to put all of my dirty laundry out in the air, and if I'm the reason my laundry is dirty... You are more than welcome to point a finger at me and say, hey, here's a big mirror for you to look in, snotty bitch. <laughs> Figure out what you did to cause this problem. And I'd be like, oh, you're right. Crap. You know, so how do I turn this into advice? I can't. Don't post on Facebook. No, if post don't want on... to speak about it. If, you, yeah. if it's private, why are you posting it in public? Idiots. Because it's public. Don't idiot. <laughs> and we brought it back <laughs> out. Gosh. <laughs> Right. Now I feel better. All right, so I'll remind you about our website, saysquilly.com, sidso.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, don't post on Facebook uh, <laughs> unless you really want to deal with people talking back to you. Don't post like, I'm fine, everything's fine, sad face. Yeah. <laughs> um, also catch this podcast on stitcher.com, search for After the Show, the iTunes Music Store, just go to... I have to pause you. Just realize how I just communicated something to you. I made, I said a sentence and then I said smiley face at the end or sad face at the end. And we all know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> Go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there or listen straight from the page. You can email feedback to me, ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want you to email her or Facebook. Unless up. you want to send me your whole life story. Good and or bad. finally, stay classy, Mr. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He's fairly classy. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, or someone's going to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>